a 12-hour search of the alleged Delphi case suspect's home, and neighbors never thought Richard Allen would have anything to do with that case. Nicholas Cruz is finally done after he's been sentenced. The search for 24-month-old Quentin Simon is not working out. Could it mean there's not gonna be any charges against mom? No means no, guys, let it go. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Good day, my name is Scott Reich and this is Crime Talk. Thanks for watching. Before we get to the doc today, first, you know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't, like if you do, hit that little bell for notifications, and remember, leave me a comment below, and you can listen to us anytime on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Just type in Crime Talk with Scott Reich. So lately, I've been trying to cut back on my Red Bull intake because I feel like lately, it's been a little more difficult to fall asleep. And if you've been a fan for a while, you know that I also don't drink coffee, so I've been trying these little bottles of Magic Mind. So if you're like me and you don't like the crashes and jitters that come from coffee and Red Bull, then you have to try out my new favorite caffeine hack, Magic Mind. I love that they are small and easy to transport. I usually drink them on the way to work in the morning, and by the time I'm at my desk, I am ready to take on whatever craziness the world is going to throw at me. Magic Mind also has ashwagandha in it, which works to decrease stress, which certainly I can use a little of. And I'm looking into stock in the fridge here with Magic Mind so that my whole team can feel the benefits. So they gave me a great discount code. All you have to do is go to magicmind.co and use the code CT40, that's short for Crime Talk 40, for 40% off your first subscription. Or if you aren't into that, you can get 20% off your first purchase. I'll leave the notes in the show link. And the best part is that they have a money back guarantee because you know it's always about the money. Go to www.magicmind.co backslash crime talk discount code CT40. All right, let's go ahead and get to the docket for November 3rd, 2022. So police conducted an all-day search of the Delphi double murder suspect's property around 10 days before his arrest. Now, the uh, detectives searched the home, which he shares with his wife, Kathy, and uh, their property for about 12 hours. They were definitely apparently snooping around a lot by the fire pit in the backyard, according to neighbors who saw the cops smell snooping around. Said there, the neighbors said there were lots of flashlights, lots of pictures, lots of sifting. Well, Mr. Allen was arrested last week for the notorious Delphi homicide case in which two Indiana teen girls were killed while hiking near their hometown five years ago. Now, police believe Allen took the lives of Liberty Libby German and Abigail Williams on a hiking trail the day before Valentine's Day back in 2017. Now, Abby and Libby took the hiking trip at the abandoned Monin High Bridge in Delphi, Indiana on February 13th of 2017 in an outing that was meant to be for a few hours. The girls took photos while strolling across the bridge, but as time passed and their families didn't hear from them, the police were ultimately called in for assistance. Well, unfortunately, the police found the deceased girls and their lifeless bodies a short distance from the bridge the following day near a trail close to the bridge. Obviously, they had both been murdered. The incident was nicknamed the Snapchat murders after one of the girls took a photo 
of the other at around 2.17 p.m. and they put it on social media. Detectives said that after the photo was taken, a man approached the girls and apparently told them to go down the hill. One of the girls, likely sensing danger, recorded the man's voice on her cell phone. She also took a photo and recorded a small clip of the suspect. Although his face isn't clear in the picture, it was enough to give authorities a general description. Now, since then, they've been pouring through thousands of tips and ultimately has now led to the arrest of Mr. Allen. Now, there were lots of other suspects where the police thought they were on the right track, but turned out maybe not. So really the question is, what's different about Mr. Allen's arrest than the previous people that were suspected of it? Obviously no arrests were ever made, but it makes you wonder what evidence they have at this point. Well, neighbors said that they knew something was going on when they saw the police searching the property of Mr. Allen, but in no way did they ever suspect it would be connected to the gruesome killings that obviously shook this small town. Now, Allen's arrest for the murder was the farthest thing from anyone's brain. Uh, everyone was really shocked, according to the neighbors, and the neighbors couldn't understand why the fire pit was being examined at the time, saying that they never see them burn anything over there. Allen and his wife, who has not been seen at the property since her husband's arrest, uh, were described as very quiet people and they kept to themselves. And the neighbor said, I don't think anyone was really close friends with him, referring to Mr. Allen. The affidavit for the arrest warrant against Mr. Allen has been temporarily sealed to avoid jeopardizing the integrity of the investigation. Now that always makes me a little suspicious when the affidavit, which is normally released upon the arrest of the defendant, isn't made public and available. Every time we've seen that, it really makes you wonder, is their case really as strong as the prosecution says it is? Now, other neighbors have also said, quote, I swear to you, he seemed like a great person. I don't think you'll find anyone who will say a mean thing about him, end quote. Of course, now, unless, of course, people believe he is the actual killer, well, they'll say he's a horrible human being. But isn't it interesting how nobody in this small town said that photo of the guy on the bridge or that description was this Mr. Allen guy? Very interesting to me. Now, another neighbor said uh, she wouldn't have guessed, adding, he helped me several times at CVS where he worked as a pharmacy tech, and um, he was just a very nice guy. So Mr. Allen is going to appear again in court on November 22nd to determine whether probable cause exists. That is a hearing called a preliminary hearing. And we'll see at that time whether the affidavit for the arrest warrant will be unsealed. Now, taking a look at the courtroom minute orders, it uh, appears that a defense attorney has neither been uh, retained or appointed by the court. It also is interesting that the minute orders state that the bond was set at $20 million uh, cash or a uh, corporate uh, surety uh, could post the bond. It had previously been reported, and I think we reported as well, that he was being held on a no-bond hold, so I'm not exactly sure. But let's be realistic. $20 million cash might as well be a no-bond hold. Certainly would be enough probably to keep me in custody, that's for sure. Don't have it. Well, Mr. Allen, as most people know, has been charged with two counts of murder. And it's interesting, the uh, subsection in which uh, he has been charged. Now, the courtroom docket says that uh, Allen is charged with uh, murder under the Indiana uh, Code, Section 35-42-1-1, subparagraph 2. Boy, that's a lot of stuff. What does that really mean? Well, 
That's the murder one. And murder involving a specific underlying criminal offense. All right. So Indiana Code 35-42-1-1, paren 1, is the basic homicide statute. And it defines and criminalizes murder as having occurred when a person knowingly or intentionally kills another human being. Those words are brief, but maybe a little more complex, perhaps explaining why the prosecution did not choose this option. Now, to secure a conviction on the basic charge, according to the Indiana model jury instructions, the state must prove four basic elements. One, that the defendant, two, killed each specific victim in a knowing and intentional manner. The docket says that Allen is facing, but the statute that Allen is being charged under is a little different, um, where it states that somebody kills another human being while committing or attempting to commit arson, burglary, child molestation, consumer product tampering, criminal deviant conduct under Indiana Code Section 3542-4-2 before it was repealed, uh, but that involves sexual conduct, kidnapping, rape, robbery, human trafficking, promotion of human labor trafficking, promotion of human sexual trafficking, promotion of child sexual trafficking, promoting of sexual trafficking of a younger child, and child sexual trafficking. Interesting. So was there something going on here that there apparently the prosecutor has charged it under the statute, so it would appear that they think that there was some sort of sexual motivation going on. Well, I'd like to be more specific if we have the affidavit for the arrest warrant. Well, it's all been sealed because apparently people in Indiana are kind of like the people in Idaho think that, well, it's just too messy. We don't need to know these specific details. So a further look at the docket, it becomes unclear which underlying offense or offenses is alleged in the Delphi case, but certainly has a lot of possibilities in that statute, doesn't it? Uh, One possibility is that the kidnapping, which is actually quite easy to prove, um, if you move somebody from one area, however slight, to another area with against their will, that is a kidnapping. So that would certainly fit that particular statute as well. So when they say go down the hill, that could be classified as a kidnapping. And we do know that the go down the hill uh, took place because they released that brief video clip uh, recorded by Libby German where somebody says, guys, go down the hill. Now, most of that clip has never been made public, nor have uh, many other details about the case. But uh, once again, the court docket, just like the affidavit that hasn't been released, has been silent so far. So we do know that that Mr. Allen appeared in court on October 28th and that uh, Judge Diner or Diener, D-I-E-N-E-R. You tell me if, how we pronounce it. And uh, anyway, he'll hold a hearing uh, to ascertain whether any of the currently sealed records in this case will be made public. Uh, the court docket says that that hearing is going to take place on November 22nd at 9 a.m. And there's also another uh, pretrial conference scheduled for January 13th, 2023 at 9 a.m. And the jury trial is scheduled to begin and it's scheduled for five days to commence on March 20th of uh, 2023. Now, it would be unlikely that that case would proceed that quickly. However, it's possible, particularly if the evidence is not very strong against Mr. Allen, and he says, no, I did nothing wrong. I want my trial because I'm being held in custody on a $20 million or no bond hold. I want my day in court. 
normally the defense attorneys are going to need a little more time to prepare to investigate in this particular case alternate suspects but we don't really know because we don't know was it dna evidence that was taken from the property uh was there some sort of item that was collected in the previous uh, information that was released in regards to a search warrant last year? We know that the police believe that something was taken as some sort of memento or souvenir uh, from these acts. So we just do not know. We'll see if the uh, defendant, Mr. Allen, will waive his right to a speedy trial or enforce his constitutional right. Now, there is a little known rule apparently in Indiana under the uh, criminal rules of procedure rule four the defendant can actually file for a motion for an early trial and if such a motion is filed trial must be held within 70 days of the date of that request and the same rule also contemplates that a criminal trial uh, will be held within six months of an arrest like i said unless of course the defense asks to waive that right and they can set it out much much farther we'll see if the attorney gets on and doesn't think the prosecution is ready to go, which could be a potential conflict or a difficult case to prove, go now. Go early. That's what I always say. Next on the docket, Nicholas Cruz, sentenced. Hope this is the last that we hear from him. Now, I'm sure we'll hear months down the road that someone wants to marry him, write him letters, and uh, send him money. Hopefully, nobody from Crime Talk will do that, but if you're going to do it, okay, let us know. We'd like to know why you are so interested in this guy. Anyway, Nicholas Cruz has been sentenced to life in prison without parole after being spared the death penalty because uh, three jurors couldn't uh, say death. Anyway, uh, Mr. Cruz sat emotionless in court as the uh, parents and siblings of his victims uh, wept all around him. The judge thanked the parents for being strong and patient throughout the trial. Uh, particularly as it relates to the sentencing phase, since there was no trial on the merits. Mr. Cruz pled guilty. But the judge stated that she was powerless under the law and could only impose a maximum term of life in prison. What else can you do? We mentioned this before. How many, how many lives does it take? I don't know. Anyway, the judge also froze Mr. Cruz's commissary until restitution is paid meaning that he cannot benefit from any money donated to his prison account. What does that mean? Who Those people are not familiar with commissary. Well, guess what? The commissary is for all the extra items to make your life a little more comfortable in prison, okay? Yes, you're going to get three hots and a cot. You got your room and board covered. You got your food taken care of, three meals a day, whether you want it or not but it's not exactly gourmet dining. So the people will go to the commissary where they can order some noodle soup, uh, candy bars, uh, deodorant. So anything to make their life a little more comfortable. So basically it means Mr. Cruz won't have much comfort in his life. Well, let's just say it once and for all, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully we won't have to say much about that all over again. Mr. Cruz is a coward. He's a punk. That's all we have to say about that. Next on the docket, the search for the 24-month-old Quentin Simon. It's not exactly working out. And as we have said many times before, it really doesn't matter what the police or the government or any of us think or believe took place. It only matters what you can prove. And it's very tough to go forward on a homicide case 
without remains unless you can have somebody say you're not going to find any remains because this is what we did to them. So four weeks into the search for the missing Georgia toddler, police say they still believe Quentin Simon's remains are in a Chatham County landfill down there near Savannah. However, they've also known the chances of finding the remains were very low, according to the police department. And they said that uh, they and the FBI investigators have been digging through thousands of tons of garbage at the landfill and they're not done yet. However, after thousands of hours of investigation and gathering evidence, everything still points to Quentin being recovered in the landfill and his mother, Lilani Simon, is still the primary suspect in his death and disappearance, the police said, which is bold when they come out and say, you're a suspect, we just can't prove it yet. So for those that are not familiar with this case, 24-month-old Quentin's mother reported young Quentin missing shortly after 9.30 a.m. on October 5th, telling the police that her boyfriend, Daniel Yunkin, uh, was the last person to see the toddler around 6 a.m. Lalani Simon reportedly told investigators she believed the boy's biological father took him, but police say that the father's alibi checked out. Seems like a nice young lady, doesn't she? Willing to throw an innocent party completely under the bus to potentially save herself. Now, certainly we'll give her the presumption of innocence, but when the police are calling you out, we're just saying what the police are saying. Anyway, after two weeks of searching, police announced that they believed Quentin's body would be found at that landfill in Savannah and uh, that they still believe the mom is the suspect in the death. The police said, quote, we believe he was placed in a specific dumpster at a specific location, but after digging through the garbage, they still have no sign of the young boy's remains. I've said this before, you know, adults can be horrible human beings to other people. I get that. But why are they picking on kids? Really? Come on, adults, don't do it. Pick on somebody your own size. Little kids can't defend themselves. They're helpless. They rely upon you. And the society will be judged on how we treat our children. Bottom line. Next on the docket, no means no. Doesn't mean no, I have a chance. It means no. So a woman who rejected repeatedly the romantic advances of her coworker is now deceased because the man did terrible things to him outside the workplace. Yep, he shot her. So now Nicole Hammond, who is only 28, um, was shot in the neck with a handgun by the coworker, Jordan Carpenter, on October 24th. The incident happened at around 7 a.m. in the parking lot in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Police arrived shortly after uh, the call and they found the 28 year old's body laying in the parking lot. Um, police said that they attempted uh, life saving measures on Ms. Hammond, but she passed away at the scene. Now, Jordan Carpenter, he's 36, had already fled the scene. However, police found him about three hours later. Mr. Carpenter was taken into custody and was questioned by the police and arrested on the count of second degree murder. Now, the alleged killer did not admit to gunning down Ms. Hammond according to the probable cause statement. However, he did say that he was walking towards Miss Hammond's car when he heard a gun sound. Police say that Mr. Carpenter didn't render aid, didn't go to work that day, and didn't call 911. He fled the area because he was too traumatized, he said, by what he had seen. 
Anyway, Miss Hammond had repeatedly told uh, Mr. Carpenter that she was not interested in his romantic uh, advances, and that was it. The company said that they were not aware of any reason why they should have been concerned that they had an employee that was going to go do something to another co-worker. Nothing had been reported by Miss Hammond. And I'm sure the company that they worked at will still get sued because somebody's going to go looking for money. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day. A Chicago man has been arrested after handing out gummy bears to kids. What do you say, Scott? That's not illegal. It was Halloween when he was handing these out, right? All right. It wasn't just candy, though. Apparently, they were cannabis candy. And why did this Jared Phelan uh, do this? Well, apparently, he claims that he ran out of regular candy. That's right. So Jared Phelan, this 25-year-old guy, you can see his picture here. Nice shirt. says costume. Well, he's been identified as the person that distributed the unknown number of bags filled with gummy bears laced with or made out of cannabis. Apparently, an alert uh, grandparent discovered these suspicious candy and turned the packages over to police. They identified Mr. Phelan as the suspect, and um, he said when they talked to him, yeah, I just ran out of candy. Like, what's the big deal, man? Dude. Why are you getting so stressed? Well, it's called distribution of narcotics to children. That's why, Mr. Phelan, that's why you're a dumb criminal. Like, why would you not think that that would be wrong? Anyway, Mr. Phelan has been charged with five counts of child endangerment. Perhaps they could charge him with other crimes as well, including distribution of controlled substances. Because even if it's legal, you can't give it out to somebody if you don't have the ability to give them even in Chicago, right? Dumb. Dumb, Mr. Phelan. And now your life will be ruined and you'll probably be put on probation and you won't be able to do your pot gummies. Boy, you're dumb. All right, that's all we have for you today. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next time on Crime Talk. 